If you didn't know before, now you know why they call this the Fun Belt. Very excited about the Sun Belt. You know, while other conferences have been breaking up, our conference has become stronger. The state of Sun Belt football is the strongest in our history. I saw Fun Belt Conference, and I'm like, I don't know what this is. But I got to join the show. It sounded a lot of fun. So, Jeremy, you've seen you've seen the movie Wolf of Wall Street, right? I have seen that movie. What is the most famous scene from that movie? I don't know. I don't think it's child friendly. It has something to do with Margot Robbie and a disrobing. Okay, no, 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 not, 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 not that one. Not that. Okay, one. all right. Is there another scene? Because that's the scene that's stuck to my brain. That's fried into my memory. You might have to help me with this one. Matthew McConaughey uh-huh. sitting around the table. Oh yeah, that one. And what's he start saying? One of us. We, Jeremy, have one of us. Oh. As Alex and AJ from the CSC podcast, they cover the Mac. The so Mac. we have G5, one of us in our midst. Alex, AJ, welcome to Fun Belt Podcast. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us, guys. Looking forward Absolutely. to it. So the carousel spinning for realignment. Don't think it's really going to hit the Fun Belt. Nothing seems to impact the Mac. How is the Mac as stable as it is and, and just so tight-knit? Well, I think the biggest part of the Mac and its stability is teams don't want to leave because it's it's a nice, quick bus drive. You can get to all the Mac schools, especially from the middle of the Mac. You can get to them all within a six-hour drive. Um, but also, you know, where, where are they going to go to be able to do what they do in the Mac? You know, we when I spoke to the commissioner at Mid-American Conference Media Day this year, we actually talked about realignment. And he said, right now, the teams who are in the MAC get the opportunity to compete in Division One athletics and be consistently competitive. You know, talk about MAC football champions. We've had 11 of the 12 MAC teams have all participated in uh, the conference championship since its inception. We've had almost every single one of them, except for Eastern Michigan, win one. Um, I mean, it's just there's so much parity in the MAC. You're not going to be able to get that going to another conference. And there's, it has to be the right move to bring somebody in. So right now there's just, there's not a lot of right moves, even with this crazy landscape, there's just not a lot of right moves. And that's why the Mac is staying stable. And that's why people look at it as the conference of stability, because there's not movement. And frankly, I'm okay with it. It's it's funny, Dusty, that you, you and I had, and Coach Gil, or Coach Gill, Commissioner Gill, have been bragging about the Sun Belt and its footprint. How it's a a footprint based on regional rivalry, as if we've invented it. But it's really the Mac that invented that, right? You guys have been pretty much stable since the nineties. Yeah, and to kind of piggyback off Alex there too, there's when it comes to schools leaving the conference, that there's a reason there's they're not is because of TV. No other conference has a two days dedicated to themselves on ESPN on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights. Sure. That you know they're the only game on TV. The Big Ten doesn't have that. The SEC doesn't have that. They have to share Saturdays with everybody else. The Mac doesn't have to share Wednesdays and Thursdays or Tuesdays, Thursdays, whatever days those are. They don't have to share with anybody. They're the only game on TV. So there's we get to see each other a lot in the postseason for bowl games and all of that. And it's always great matchups. It's great games. It's interesting, good storylines. But we've extended that to basketball to kind of game the net system. What's oh, the yeah. feeling in the MAC for this MAC Sunbelt Challenge? I think it's one of the best things the conferences could have done. 
I mean, you look across the board here, the Mid-American Conference basketball-wise has been extremely competitive over the past couple of years. Um, you know, Toledo has been, you know, when you, it's interesting too, because not everybody goes to Cleveland for the championship tournament. Only the top, was it six or eight teams ago? Yeah. Eight. So it's going, it's going to be competitive from one through 12, but when you get to December or March, it's that one through eight that really matters. And I think the competitive nature of the conference is going to carry over very well when playing uh, the other Sunbelt conferences. Kind of go off that a little bit. I think what what also what uh, helps is you're talking about net ratings and things like that. That out of conference schedule adding a quality opponent, you know, in in not only the Sun Belt but you look at other leagues as well that you know Max schools have added. I believe Toledo's traveling to West Virginia this year uh, to play men's basketball. So that's you you look at these quality opponents and you hope that scheduling these games by by increasing your net even when the Mac cannibalizes itself within conference play, like it does every year, you're hoping that they do enough non-conference to get an at-large bid. The Mac hasn't had an at-large bid since I want to say 2002, maybe Mm -hmm. 99. Um, It's always been the one automatic bid. So you're hoping that by scheduling a great conference like the Sun Belt, you you can kind of work that a little bit. And it works for the Sun Belt too, because you're Mm -hmm. also getting another quality league that that brings quality opponents to the table i mean you you see kent state on your schedule you know you know that's not going to be an easy out you see toledo on your schedule that's not going to be an easy out you get you get the benefit of that and and i think that that's going to be beneficial for the sunbelt as well yeah i always say this for the sunbelt the sunbelt's been looking for that solution for a long time when it comes to finding ways to elevate elevate rpi at first and now to elevate elevate net and have this tournament <laughs> which is not, I, I love this tournament that's that's before conference play and after conference play it just seems just seems right mm-hmm. were, 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 was there a frustration in the math this and i heard a little bit from you in terms of uh, you haven't had that at large in a bid in a while is there some frustration among smack fans and basketball fans that hey the mac really deserves to have more attention and it will do you think this will in some way, I may not solve everything, but it certainly is the right step. That's Don't a look convers- at our mentions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've had that conversation with the commissioner a few times, and uh, he, Commissioner Steinbrecher's done a phenomenal job with the conference, and he is trying his hardest to get that at-large bid because you look at the past couple of years in the MAC, some of the schools who could have been—I mean, you have Kent State, Toledo, or just to name a few over the past couple of years, Akron two years ago. Um, those are just a, a few schools who really could have. I'm not, or even you know, OU a couple of years ago too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's every year there's a good three or four schools that really could benefit from it at large and make an impact in the tournament. You saw OU beat Virginia the year after they won the championship, or two years in the COVID year in between, but they knocked off the defending champions in the first round. Um, and we see in football all the time, you know, a, a MAC program knocking off a P5 program. It can happen in basketball too. And I think it's really important for the conference to try to get that at-large bid for that purpose. And I think part of that too is when you, when you look at the at-large, when you look at just scheduling, the commissioners talked about it, about just how he encourages schools to schedule, right? Because the you know I think a lot of people think the commissioner has a lot more power than he does. Um, <laughs> the commissioner doesn't set your schedule. Commissioner doesn't coach your teams. Yeah. Um, the commissioner doesn't do your recruiting. Um, you know, how, how do you get that large bin? You, you win games, you go out, you have a great season. Now I think there is some frustration when last year, uh, Bowling Green women, uh, in particular, 
they they lost to Toledo in the in the, the conference championship game. I know that I believe, and I think AJ did too. Bowling Green deserved an at large bid mm-hmm. for the women. I think they were they were just as even as as Toledo was, even though the scoreboard didn't show that they split the season series, and then Bowling Green went on to the the final four of the WNIT tournament and did it in fairly dominating defensive fashion. As great as it is for Funbelt and Mac, Dr. John Steinbrecher breaks the internet every time he promotes the Mac, whether he's pivoting around in the chair with the guitar, <laughs> oh my God. dressed up as Phantom <laughs> of the Opera. Is, is he really that much of a character, or, or is this all just kind of the marketing ploy that the Mac has? Well, I think the, the Mac does, yeah. I mean, the Mac does a great job of just kind of showcasing the fun side of the commissioner, right? Because I think a lot of people see commissioner's jobs as very you know, all business, all, you know, but it's clear he loves what he does. I mean, he, he's been a commissioner at every single level of athletics, right? You know, he's, he's understands the job. He understands what he needs to do, but there's no reason he can't have a little bit of fun with it. You know, it's uh when at media day this year, you know, he was, he was out there laughing and just talking with players. Like he was just being, he was just being a guy. He wasn't, you know, trying to be this flashy, look at who I am. I'm the commissioner. No, he was shaking hands with everybody, came up, talked to me, actually sat down, did an interview with me. Um, and we just talked. And and what I love about the commissioner, I know AJ does too, he remembers you. He, you know, we we were starstruck. I think the first time we uh kind of met him, we're like, oh my gosh, we're talking to the commissioner. But every time we see him at stuff, he's like, Oh, hey guys, good to see you. Like he knows who we are, he recognizes. And I think that that's such a critical aspect to what he does because he's he's very very good at keeping people in in the circle and just understanding. Hey, I know what you're doing. You're trying to promote. I know what you're doing, and he's very good about keeping those relationships. AJ, I see you wearing the Eastern Michigan shirt. I I, I got to ask about this. I, I know the story, but it's it's too horrible of a place. The damn concrete field that they have. <laughs> Why? Why? Uh, last year, Alex, myself, my wife, we covered the uh, Eastern Michigan Buffalo game up there in Ypsilanti. Uh, But yeah, that field is interesting. You know, we, uh, my wife is our photographer. So she was on the field taking pictures all day long. And we were in the press box and it was a late, later season game. It was a gray field with gray jerseys. A gray sky playing Buffalo wearing all white with a blue decal. And just from an optics perspective, it was rough. But having <laughs> said that, I would highly recommend anybody to go to a game and check it out. Eastern Michigan does a great job on game day, you know, on their concourse because they're not that far from Detroit. So on the concourse, they have like a classic car show that's <laughs> all these old Mustangs and, nice. and whatnot. And then Easter comes out of the garage door out of the locker room. And a Mustang leads them out onto the field after they knock down the uh, the bricks and the cinder blocks with a sledgehammer. And they run out behind a Mustang out onto the field. Um, the coaches wear, like, auto-tech shirts. You know, they're like mm-hmm. the dicky shirts with Eastern and their names on it. So they've really embraced that Detroit muscle Motor City style mentality. Okay, guys, I, I got a question for you. What is the coldest conference game you've ever been to? Oh, man. It would have been 2013. Toledo was hosting NIU. Um, a spot in the MAC championship was on the line. It was election night, so it was a November. It was a November night, and I remember this specifically. Matt Campbell was coaching the Toledo Rockets. Me and one of my best friends in college 
uh, that it was sign night. You make a sign. So we had a, we had a sign that said, um, cream of Husky soup, Campbell's cream of Husky soup. And, uh, you know, so we just, and we just copied the label of a can of soup essentially, but converted it for Toledo. And we, we did not have enough layers. I was wearing two hoodies, <laughs> a, a, a coat, hat, gloves. We did not have enough layers. I think if I remember correctly, it was something like 19 degrees. And nice. we're in the front row of the student section screaming our faces off. Jordan Lynch comes over after scoring a rushing touchdown. We scream F you. And he, you know, he like, come on, bring it on. And yeah, I think that we've is met, probably we've the met coldest Jordan one. Sense. He's a great guy. We've met Jordan since. Yeah. And I did not tell him that. So Jordan, you're listening. Uh, that was me. Mine is similar to that. It was 2013 Ball State Ooh. at Northern Illinois. Um, so that year against Jordan Lynch, Keith Wenning, Willie Sneed, um, Jimmy Ward was on the side for Northern Illinois. Brady Hoke was the head coach of Michigan. He needed, he's a Ball State alum. So he needed Ball State to beat Northern Illinois that week to help Michigan in the rankings. So he paid for 200 Ball State students to take a bus trip from Muncie to DeKalb for that game on a Wednesday night or whatever it was. So me and 200 Ball State students hopped on some Greyhounds, made the four-hour trip to DeKalb with the time time change, of course. And it was an ESPN Wednesday night, brutally cold. That had to have been November, mid late November at least. Talk about, I mean, it was an incredible game up until like the fourth quarter. You know, Jordan Lynch did a Jordan Lynch thing and kind of broke it out. But I was funny because I was on ESPN that night and my dad was working in Muncie and he went out to dinner with my brother and they're watching the game on TV. And all of a sudden I pop up on screen and I just, I have a screenshot it's still on my phone somewhere, but my two friends who were with me, they left because they were too cold. They went to go get a big bowl of chili. I tell you what, I think the Mac trucks in the cold too, because Arkansas state would play, you know, Mac schools like four years in a row at mm-hmm. the go daddy bowl. Yeah, Ball State uh, played him one year. Yeah, 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 Ball, exactly. That was that year, that was a 2013, yeah. Uh, and every year, you know, it's 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 played in Mobile, Alabama, which is yeah. as south as you can get. And man, it seemed like once the Mac guys arrived, the temperature would just stop, start dropping. Mm-hmm. My southern ass is frozen to those alum- aluminum bleachers. I'm like wrapping myself in asbestos that I found at the, you know, outside of the stadium, you know, beautiful lad people stadium trying to stay warm. Almost froze to death against Kent State. Ball State was actually not so bad, but every other one, Northern Illinois, Toledo, cold as ice. And I think you guys bring it. The one bowl game ULM goes to, they play Ohio in the Independence Bowl, freezing cold, raining all week, just nasty, horrible weather. Yeah, I'm having PTSD. Sorry. Sure. Well, we look at manage back. So, guys, we appreciate you joining the show. Tell us how can we listen to more Maction as we progress throughout the season. We host a midweek or a, a Mid American Conference uh, podcast called the CSC Podcast, all Maction all the time. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's run by you know myself and AJ, two uh, Mac alum who have nothing but love and care and respect for this conference. So people can find us really on any social media outlet, find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, no TikTok, but we'll, we'll see what we can do. But yeah, I mean, you can find us on anywhere uh, podcasts are, Apple Podcasts, Google, Anchor, Spotify, just everywhere that podcasts are. Kids, we definitely have to get these guys back on when it's time for uh, the Mac Sunbelt Challenge, right? For sure. I mean... We don't know anything about Mac basketball. Nothing. 
Sure. <laughs> I didn't even know they had basketball. I've been building an app called Mobile Maction. Um, it's going to effectively be give us the stuff ESPN doesn't uh, for the Mid-American Conference. It's very easy to access and get the stuff like football and basketball, but sometimes I want to look up softball stuff. Sometimes I want to look up lacrosse games, Some just different things that we can't get for the Mid-American Conference on ESPN. ESPN has done a great job. I don't want to take anything from them, but we would love more. And so I decided to come up with a solution to give people more, to give them the opportunity to not only follow scores, rosters, things like that for their school. You'll get news updates. You're going to also get, and this is this is the musician part of me, um, there's going to be a dedicated section called the Sounds of the Stadium, where you'll be able to, all 12 marching bands from the Mid-American Conference will be featured. Um, you'll be able to access all their social media links, as well as fight song, alma mater, first and third down cheers. Um, as applicable um, hoping to have that launched here in the next couple of weeks and uh, yeah that's been like I said a very big passionate project of mine um, and uh, AJ's been a huge encouragement basically asking me hey is it done yet uh, we're partnering with uh, I'm sure you guys are familiar with the blog hustle belt um, mm-hmm. they're going to be one of the feature um, news outlets in our news feed um, just kind of give them a little bit more of a platform as well and just kind of collaborate with them. But yeah, we're really looking forward to it. Uh, live standings will be available um, in app for conference standings, things like that. So really looking forward to dropping that out there for people. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks. That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.